Welcome to the Esport Trust podcast. The Esport Trust is a children's charity working to ensure that every child enjoys the life-changing benefits that come from playing sport. From this series of podcasts, you can expect to hear from experts in the industry, colleagues at the YST, and people who are out on the ground delivering in a variety of different ways, through roundtable discussions of hot topics, behind the scenes at some of the events that the YST put together, interviews with various people working in the field, as well as masterclass podcasts, listening to those that have been successful and exactly how they got there. But before we start on that, we've got a special offer to tell you about. We'd love for you to join our YST podcast club. By being a part of our club, you'll receive a monthly newsletter which offers advanced access to upcoming podcasts, recommendations on other podcasts you might like to try, and extra bonus recordings, and additional content that we're not sharing with anyone else. If you'd like to join, simply go to www.youthsporttrust.org forward slash YST hyphen podcasts and complete the short podcast club form. The link's also in the description of this podcast. Happy listening. My name is Sarah Harnett and today we're catching up with the Active Across Ages pilot. The programme involves a range of schools working in partnership with older people settings, including care homes, community groups and day centres. With last week being the UK's first intergenerational week, we thought some insight to this programme would be fitting. Here are the team to introduce themselves. Um, John White, Claremont Specialist Sports College, Wirral. Um, There was an expression of interest, I think, at conference last year from Ali, Anna. um, since my mum was a person with dementia, we've done some work with HUK through those links and we have a big leadership profile at school. I thought, oh, this is amazing. And it came with substantial funding and the chance to work with a partner school on, on the world and with YST support. So, very pleased to get it. Uh, Rob Balvin, I'm representing Binkham Valley Primary School, which is in Weymouth, Dorset. Uh, I really wanted to get involved in this project because I could see just massive value for the children from both Bickham Valley and our partnership school, which is Way Valley. Hi, Nina Sweetland, based at Sir Herbert Leon Academy in Milton Keynes, uh, SGO, and we run a school sports partnership, also a lead school for leadership, coaching and volunteering within the county. Uh, again, it was at conference uh, from the presentation, like Bowl Parliament, that really said, this would be really good for our students to be involved. Perhaps not your sports leaders, who we tend to work with, but other young people who would get the benefits from being involved in leadership. I spoke to uh, the Department of Health and Social Care team who said, yeah, this would be great for our Year 10 students. Um, let's, let's give it a go. Um, the other key thing was a care home just across the road. So joining the two together, let's go for it. Hi, I'm Ali Goodall, uh, Senior Innovations Manager at the Youth Sport Trust. My job is to develop new projects and pilot them and evaluate them um, so that we can learn from them to develop the best kind of support that we can for for schools and young people. Um, So I'm Project Manager for Active Across Ages, working with this incredibly um, experienced and uh, very enthusiastic group of teachers. Uh, Janice Price, I'm based at Anthony Dale School in Worksworth, which is in Derbyshire Dales. Um, I'm the SGO and Partnership Development Manager there. Um, so I've had a lot of experience of working um, with leadership projects in the past, generally um, peers, leading peers, 
um, and I just jumped at the chance for our leaders to be challenged and stretched in a different way working with elderly people. It was something I'd done uh, briefly in a project in 2016 with a care home across the road, so I already had contacts there, so I was keen to see where I could take it a bit further in. Amazing. So in terms of this particular programme, Active Across Ages, it's very different to anything the Trust has done previously. Um, where has it come from? What's its inception story? So um, Active Across Ages developed out of um, a challenge by Sir John Beckwith, the Sport Trust's founder and president, um, to really try and uh, develop some intergenerational activity that was centred around physical activity. Um, the reason he did that was because if you look across the, the country's um, statistics in terms of loneliness, uh, in terms of lack of intergenerational understanding, um, if you think about the voting patterns that took place during Brexit, for example, or even during the last general election, they were hugely different between the age groups and there was quite, quite an amount of um, tension between d different generations who voted differently because I think there is a big sort of lack of understanding. Um, there's also mental health issues um, and age segregation is an issue that is becoming an increasing problem within this country as um, older people are increasingly migrating from inner city areas into rural areas and vice versa for young people. Um, so within inner cities in particular, you've got a um, you know, very small proportion of older people living there. And obviously, you know, um, children have got grandparents that, that move away, that don't live in the same area of them. So there's not the same opportunities for intergenerational contact that there used to be within families. Um, I think the, the churches in this country used to have a very strong role to play in bringing different generations together. And as society is less... Um, uh, sort of religion orientated, some of those opportunities are no longer there either. So, you know, Active Across Ages brings the issues of loneliness, age segregation, um, mental health and well-being all together, and lack of physical activity, into, into one kind of solution um, that, that helps to address all of those issues. And gets kids out from the desks. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There are things you can't learn from a textbook, can't they? Yeah. In terms of those life skills and qualities. You can't. Yeah. It's actually working alongside uh, an older person who can give you their sort of life experiences as well. And you go, really? Was it really like that? And then they, could, they say, I didn't realise Madge said this. Was that what it was like? You know, they just don't have a picture of what, what people have experienced previously. And in some ways, how lucky they are. I had a, a lovely yeah. example where, um, after we'd finished our session, the res residents were talking about when, what their lives were like in Worksworth. They used to go to mm -hmm. Anthony Dell School. And uh, one of them said that um, every autumn, they'd have two weeks off to go potato picking. Yeah. And the students were just <laughs> were laughing, saying, can you imagine asking Mr. Kelly if we can go potato picking now? <laughs> just, you know, so, so, such a different experience to, to them in school. Yeah. It's been great, isn't it? Because it's like the, the understanding of each other's worth in society, whereas before it was almost feminist, where we're from in Weymouth. And so you get older people at looking at younger people and going, oh, they're really scary in their hoodies or whatever, and you get younger people looking at older people going, oh, they always tell us off, or, 
and now we see each other and they just think completely differently because they've listened to all the stories and, mm. and you hear the older people and younger people come in going, oh, I love it when they come in. It's really lovely. They've got so much energy. Yeah. They've got so much, such mm. fun. And then the younger people are saying, you know, oh, it's really great when we see people now on a, when we're out walking, a, you know, they're walking their dog, they say hi to them. Yeah, because, because also what's interesting is you say that it's something that useful trust hasn't done before, but it, it really is what they've been doing for the whole time. Because what's interesting about active across ages is, from an inclusion point of view, is that it's medical model. So the six S's, which Ali will remind me of from the physios. <laughs> oh goodness! So the six S's are um, stand, side step. Swivel, which is a sort of waist rotation. Squeeze, which is, you know, clenching and unclenching your hand. Squat, and... No, you've done that one. You've done swivel. Stand. 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 Yes, yes, stand. That's yeah. the six. Yeah. Yeah. So what, just in terms of the six S's, who do they apply to and, and what? So the six S's were developed by um, a physio. So one of our um, athlete mentors um, and tutors uh, is a physio as well. Um, and she went through the... The things that she, um, the evidence tells us, are really important in fall prevention work. So um, that's where the successes came from. So if we can improve the, the ability of older people to stand and sit and squat and sidestep safely, yeah. um, it helps with their balance, their coordination, and their strength. So there, it reduces the risk of falls, but it also um, increases the, the length of time for which they can be independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's what a physiotherapist would call the activities of daily living yeah. and it's and in supporting those that's the medical model bit yeah. and the social model bit is obviously making the changes to the games that the young people get trained in so it's very much like all the useful trust programs but yeah. it's I think what what you're saying is that actually working with these an older group and younger group is very different and there is one more thing I'd like to say a deeper point is a lot of NHS trust and things are working with American health industries and things like who are doing algorithms on you know how many falls people have, which is great if they're capturing data to help. But there's also more insidiously work going on around older generations around the social worth or value of the person when they're over 75. And if we can, through activity across ages, help people not to go into a hospital setting, I, th- I think that's just amazing. Yeah. It's money well spent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And, and just this sort of individual, that's something that I've noticed visiting all the sites, is when and talking to the older people is the sense of self-worth that actually taking part gives them, particularly when they feel like they're, they're giving back. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, Janice's partnership in, in uh, Derbyshire is probably the most... Um, extreme in terms of the older people leading some of the activities Um, and in the small rural primary school that she's working with as well um, they uh, Hartington Primary, a school that's got 19 students, absolutely tiny so they're completely embedded in their community and and that particular group were working with um, older adults who were independent and could get to the local village hall independently. So they were a bit more physically able. Mm-hmm. Um, so consequently, they were doing leadership activities, telling the children how to play hopscotch, um, which the, the primary school children then took back into school. The young leaders took it back to their year ones, year twos and reception children and taught them how to play hopscotch. So the knock-on effect 
with that one has been lovely. But yeah. they said they'd only do it if they got two weeks off with potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's always going to stay yeah. with them, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've oh, sorry, go on. We've got a similar situation where we've got uh, one of the residents in the care home used to be a dance teacher. Um, so when we started doing obviously music and movement etc she re- Kay really wanted to lead the activity and you could see that you know just brought her alive in terms of what she was doing and she started showing the, the group how to sort of move with the scarves and everything and started leading it um, and then when the care home manager said well Kay when the little ones come in because they have the key stage one little ones come in on a Friday morning he said would you like to take the activity you see her face yes please so now she's leading activities mm, when yeah. the youngsters go in. So it, mm. again, it's sort of rekindling things that they didn't think they could do. Yes, I, I was going to say mm. that. that mm. The sense of um, almost loss in their own perceptions of what they can and can't do. Um, I, I did feel at one stage, looking at the residents, is there a, is there a case of when they go into that, care home setting, do they almost disable themselves because the majority of people are using walkers or wheelchairs and you, you really, what you're trying to do is, is enable them to have the self-belief that actually I can do this. Yeah. So just, just getting them to stand um, and go through those exercises, mm. they needed a lot of encouragement maybe holding on to the back of a chair to start with, and then eventually freestanding. It was, mm. was really liberating for them, that. but it was about self-belief. Well, we perhaps went a little bit off, I suppose, in terms of supporting the elderly residents as well. So there was one who really wanted to get up, Shirley, and said, come on, Shirley, just hold. So I, and she just managed to get up, mm-hmm. and then somebody else wanted to do the same. So I passed Shirley on to one of the students, and then did, so although you think, well, actually, I've not really been trained to do this, but you can see they're desperate yeah. to be able to to be able to stand again and to do a little bit of movement. Yeah, yeah. and that knock-on effect yeah. that if, yeah. if the person next to them yeah. achieves it, yeah. like, well, I can do that. Yeah, as well. I'm going really to do it. Was yeah. really strong. Yeah. The, their yeah. encouragement mm-hmm. of each other and and, and their friendship. Yes, uh, there were a couple of couple of residents, uh, the one in Upton, and uh, I think one lady was German, and she was really accurate in the botch, and, and she, mm. she, I think she was 89, and um, she was really encouraging her friend, and she was very, very, um, there was no cognitive impairment there, she, you know, she, her faculties were all really, really well preserved, and, and she just was very competitive, but still included her friend, which is a nice model for the, yes. for the kids yeah. as well. Yeah. She was lovely. And also, like, they do go sometimes into that, we're here for the young people, yeah. so they're encouraging the young people mm. as well, which is yeah. really lovely. Yeah. It's about a two-way process in yeah. doing that, which I really like watching. Did, did anyone notice how they reacted to different different ages of young people? So, for example, we had some post-16, we had some year 10, and one of my kind of reflections and worries or anxieties was how would because I know dementia quite well, how would some people with dementia work with our young people with additional needs, for example, was, was something I reflect on, would they, because if the attitude they held when they were younger mm. came out, we, we discussed this, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. That was one area. And also, I found that 
no matter how good my post 16 were and how amazing how much rapport it was the little ones they wanted to see oh, yeah. it's like every pair <laughs> of home's like chitty chitty yeah. bang bang isn't yeah. it yeah. <laughs> you know? and it's the young ones did yeah. you find that yeah, yeah it's yeah. the little ones and even, yeah, yeah. even between so our, but ours are getting the skills our, our <laughs> year um, the year sixes were obviously in primary uniform and everything else and mm. still that kind of uh, so the year sixes are <laughs> still in primary uniform and still got that primary kind yeah. of yeah. Um, but then as soon as the secondary and it's only a year older year sevens mm. it, it was really so, different and actually yeah. there because they've grown up so much in the year their approach to how they run um the activity was really different mm. but i do the older people still engaged with yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. but maybe it might have been in a slightly more structured way mm. rather than that kind of lovely like nativity in there. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like a less explicit experience for the yeah. younger ones, but they, they, they're they more open and the older people were more open, but obviously for me it was the year 10th they were, they were getting the skills and a lot of our children are very socially isolated to the point sometimes of fantasy coming into school and telling you what they did last night isn't actually really what they did yeah. you know so that was interesting so you've had a real mix of age groups though, yeah. from the sounds of it mm. from what have been the youngest that have taken part oh, mine were mostly year seven yeah okay. so at hartington primary the youngest was year three okay. wow. yeah. and what's the oldest that we've had take part so far Probably Harry. I think Harry is 19 and a half. Okay, so there's a bit yeah, of a real yeah. sort of mix. So I guess the idea is that realistically this type of programme, this type of project, it will span from primary yeah. all the way up to secondary and, and even in, in, into FE and, and beyond, yeah. yes. my assumption. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, when I was doing a little bit of pre-research for this, and I was looking at, it really reminded me of a show that I used to watch where I think the local nursery teamed up with the care home. That's right. And they yeah. would go in and, and sort of just, they would just go and go together and do crafts mm. and different yeah. things. Yeah. The physical activity side of this, mm. how important has that been in terms of bringing out um, maybe different rewards or, or maybe similar rewards, but in a much stronger sense? I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's about team, isn't it? What physical activity does is just bring teams. You've got, if you want to achieve a task, whether it's throwing a botch ball together as a team or passing a hoop around a circle, and when you're doing that, that brings out the communication, it brings yeah. out that understanding, yeah. it brings out yeah. the empathy, it brings out the confidence, because we've tried it all together and we've really messed it up, but we're going to try it yeah. again. So I think, yeah, it might be called sport or physical activity, but it's just a vehicle for making all of those things happen. Yeah, I think the leadership yeah. aspect of it is key as well. Yeah. For a lot of ours, they weren't used to, because they weren't sports leaders, they weren't used to standing up in front of a group and explaining an activity mm. and showing and demonstrating. Mm. So that sort of self-confidence has grown over the weeks because now they're quite happy to do that before. Right, who's going to lead this then? And they'd all stand back. Mm. Whereas now, like, well, I'll do this one. Mm. You know, they're up there, they want to do it. For me, they're transferable skills. Yeah. Okay, physical activity is important, but for me, the leadership aspect of it is yeah. more important. I think there's sort of thing about um, physical contact as well. So oh, yeah. with the tea dances, you know, where they're having to hold each other, um, and then you did the visually impaired obstacle course, didn't yeah, you, John? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. again, you know, the, the images and the videos I've seen of that, you know, the, the young people holding on to the older people and vice versa to guide them round a course uh, while they're blindfolded. 
Um, and I just think that kind of physical contact builds relationships really quickly, doesn't it? You, yes. you're up, no, you're yeah. so right about the physical contact. My biggest fear as a child was a kiss from my Auntie Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we all had an yeah. ass, but, you know, you know, I, I know a bit of... Yeah, I mean, I lie awake thinking about, and I think, um, uh, yeah, that was one of the things that came up when we invited um, the older people to um, Paralympic Festival was seeing the children, the younger children just do it, the older children more reticent about physical, mm. the adolescent children because of physical mm. contact for obvious reasons, they're yeah. going through, but actually at the tea dance, it, you have to do it, mm. and yeah, yeah, and and. I do remember one of the older people saying, watching one of the older people, and she was holding hands with somebody, I think it was in their own home, and you could see that she hadn't held hands with anybody for quite some time. That's what we found. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So when you go in and shake hands, so they all won't go in and shake everybody's hand. When you go, you do the same. Mm-hmm. Thank, yeah. you know, thanks very much. Yeah. Okay, see you next week, James, etc. And the one or two of them, of the residents, don't want to let go. Yeah. And that is quite difficult yeah. as well because yeah. they're there. Yeah, yeah. Come on then, and oh, and it is that that skin to skin contact. Yeah, and it might be the only time during the day that. You know, I, look, I looked yeah. around yeah. and there were two really like kind of you know streetwise kids, and um, there's this um, kind of uh, I can't even remember her name, but one of the others goes, she's holding his hands and maybe playing botcher together, and we we're just yeah. playing like you know target mm-hmm. games. So they're yeah. yeah. both handed. Holding hands, and I was thinking, oh no, risk assessment, <laughs> everything else. But you know, I was kind of mouthing to him, Are you all right? And he was like, okay. yeah. and It was just this lovely, yeah. like, mm. moment of them mm. just. But actually, that might be, you know, two people from different, completely different spheres in yeah. age who yeah. might both be lonely and might both, for whatever yeah. reason, yeah. be yeah. needing that reassurance of somebody else there. Yeah. Because, yeah. because of course, now, <laughs> because of course, you can be lonely whilst with other people. Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. you were saying yeah. about um, um, who was it? Um, the, Patsima. the Bengali lady. Yeah. 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 Speak yeah. English. Yeah. I mean, she's chronic loneliness surrounded by yeah. people, I know. and there's, that's a lot. That's a, an experience, isn't it? Yeah. When we did the literature review, one of the things that came out of that was that the loneliest people are those that are in care homes. It's one of the biggest risk factors, despite the fact that they're surrounded by other people. I'll give you an example. When you go in, you go in and say hello, and and you do know Ami, don't you? No, no, they don't know each other, do they? don't know each other, so them coming together, they get to know each other. So next week, Ali, come and sit next to me, because they know each other's names. They go into the dining room, and they just sit there and eat by themselves. There's no interaction. But the fact is that doing things together they get to know each other and I think you would naturally yeah. actually assume that it would be the opposite that actually a care home would be somewhere where you would be less isolated yeah. because I think we would naturally assume that older people that are still living independently um, and maybe that little bit more isolated because they might not you know nowadays do we know our neighbours as well mm. as we used to and and all these different types of sort of social barriers that we may now have um, but I think that's actually a really interesting piece. And I guess, I mean, from listening to you guys, it sounds like the young people that you've been working with aren't necessarily like the sporty kids or the maybe the kids that have taken sports leaders. Or Is that a correct assumption or has yes. it been a real yeah. mix? No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's been a, mix, a yeah. mixture. Um, and 50% of both uh, want to carry on. And in fact, all of 
all of mine without question wanted to be involved in training the next recruitment of leaders. So there's a really strong sense of wanting to pass on the experience and the skills that they've developed yeah. in the work that they've done. So already there's a, almost like an internal legacy piece that the young people are carrying the torch for. Yes. It's almost their, their type of social activism. And I, I also think schools can also start with the outcome and work backwards a little bit okay. more on a range of things. So uh, I don't know where it was. it was. I don't know if it was on TV, but someone used to do something where they say there's an app for that or there's an app for that. So if you want to combat loneliness and social isolation, there's an app for that. Yeah. You know, come come back with active mm-hmm. ages. It's a range of other project projects that you can do, but it's it's that outcome that you want. And some some senior leaders will think very narrow. And that's okay. And if that's their culture, that it's just got to be English, math, science, and that's the order of the day, that's okay. But what we're saying is, if you uh, let young people do this project, then their English, maths, and science will will improve because there'll yeah. be more confidence. Mm-hmm. So there's an attainment link as well. And um, that's one of the reasons why you may choose to. We may have chosen based on our experience to work with different different groups as as well as the working around the school timetable and availability of leaders and all those logistical and operational challenges, really. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. Like, I remember when we, so our first group of year sixes who went in, um, I looked around and they were, they were absolutely terrified. Like, <laughs> yeah. one girl had to go out and have a moment in tears outside. Um, and because they'd never done anything like that. It wasn't, yeah. it was just a kind of, you know, yeah. And the the kind of fear factor of going around and saying hello to people. Now that progressed as time went on. So they, you know, they became more confident. They became more resilient. But interestingly, that's transferred to the next group of children who that rubbed off on. So they came up. They'd seen what was happening, and they wanted to get involved as well because they talked to each other. And um, that. Each time we go through this, they're getting better and better. So it's almost like we're—it's um, almost like we're affecting social change as we go on because they talk to each other, they understand that you know they—they'll be saying it's not down to the trainers, it's down to their peers saying that oh it's going to be you know it's going to be like this, it's going to be like that. Yeah. And it, yeah, each year we go on, it's and that's not for using you know sporty children. It's why we we looked very much at children who were. Um, sort of have the capacity to be leaders but also social leaders who might be influential in um, you know the local community because ultimately our aim is to impact on the local community as these children grow older I mean that reminds me of a quote that we were looking at earlier in terms of acknowledging when you can influence a class You'll influence the community, yeah. and the community will then go on to influence further and further. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think what you said there absolutely really hits that nail on the head. And I guess it's that idea. So, I mean, give us a little bit of an overview of the project in terms of its scaffolding, in terms of its absolute basics. What does it look like? It's it's a group of young people from any phase. Yeah, absolutely. So it could be any school, primary, secondary, special. It could be any age of young people. Um, and uh, so the school will be um, given some resources and uh, a teacher briefing so that the teacher, the lead teacher understands what the project's all about and the, the benef- uh, sorry, the, 
what high-quality intergenerational practice looks like. Um, uh, so that's the first stage. The second stage is the children are recruited. Those children are then trained by the Youth Sport Trust. Um, they then go into the older people's setting, whatever that happens to be, and it could be a care home, a day centre, a community group, a church group, could be anything. Um, and uh, they deliver the activity, young people and older people together, side by side, taking part. Um, in the guidance we say, um, try and make it cooperative, but what we've learned through the pilot is that some of the older people are actually quite competitive <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah. doing that. Um, yeah, and if that's yeah. what they want, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they then deliver, and then there's a networking session bringing pairs of schools together so they can learn from each other. And it's a bit of a sort of motivational injection in the arm. Yeah. Um, and then they carry on delivery. So that's the basic program. Yeah. Um, what's been fabulous with the, the pilot project is that that was the same guidance that all 10 schools were given. So the four schools that sat around this table now, they all have that same guidance. And yet, they've, they've done all of that, but they've done it in different ways. They've done it with different children. They've done it to achieve different outcomes. Mm -hmm. So they've all got the golden thread of um, social well-being has been the absolute thing that everybody's benefited from. Confidence, yeah. better sense of value within the community, all of those kind of things. But then they've also had... Lots of other impacts as well, like employability skills, leadership skills, um, and you know, sort of connections within their uh, wider community. So, yeah, it, I think Active Cross Age is probably the most flexible program I've ever worked on. And I would say to any school partnership that was wanting to take this on, absolutely make it your own, because you know, it's it is what you make it. Yeah. It's all about the connections in the community, all about the connections between young people and older people. Um, and it can have a, a huge impact, but it's really down to the school to make it work for them. It's a community action project mm. of the kind that you might see a community interest company or mm. somebody out in the community with the local authority or something like, or a charity doing. Uh, obviously, I know why it's a charity, but you know what I mean out there. And it's really interesting because I don't know how, well, it works the same for leadership coaching, volunteering or whatever, or school games. We normally have work programs mm. that we're working to. And I think that's probably all of us have said with big smiles before we presented today. It's our favourite thing that we've done in the last 18. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah, it's, it's because you've had that flexibility, yeah. Yeah. you've had yeah. the funding. And it, it has been a, a very classic project um, where you go out, you find, you funded, you report, um, and everything else that's good. The project outcomes and aims have been really well set. I have to say, I know Ali's obviously here in the podcast, but the support that we've had from the YST is probably, it's just been amazing because we've had the revisit and the network, the networking day, haven't we, where you get the support again. So uh, there's lots of strong things in this project in terms of looking across the board and transplanting it to other topics or you know areas yeah. really i'd say the flexibility has been probably yeah i mean there's yeah. so many times oh yeah we've tried to do so much but and we've learned so much and we're still learning so much and so many times i've spoken to Ali, going, oh my goodness this is and you've just gone you know what to worry about it just <laughs> try <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, yeah, okay brilliant because yeah. you get to this kind of like oh we said we were going to do this and it's yeah. all fallen to pieces and no after the gps are prescribing us all this activity nobody's coming and well just do something different <laughs> that's yeah. the wonderful thing about action research projects yeah. is yeah. it's just 
you know, it doesn't matter if it goes a bit wrong. Mm. It's fine. Yeah. We, we learn from it, we'll move on, and just yeah. evolve yeah. it until it gets better and better. Yeah. My teaching's got in the way of activation. A day on activation. It's just amazing. I guess on, on that note, you know, obviously, like you said, it's a pilot and you've all done it differently. You've had that flexibility. What have been, what have been the key bits of learning that have come away from it? I don't think you have to step far from the school doorway to actually have some genuine impact within your community, yeah. on inside and out. Yeah. Can you give me a little yeah. bit more? I'm really interested in that. That's, I mean, that's a brilliant quote. Someone's listening to this now and going, but, 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 how would you kind of go, what, what does that look like? What, what do you mean, what does it look like? So in like? terms of, you say you don't have to step too far from the school doorway. People will say, well, if I want to impact on my community, I've got to get the kids out there, I've got to get risk assessments done, I've got to get this and that from the head teacher or, or whatever their circumstances might be. Yes, okay, those, those things you do need to do, but you have to do that if you're taking a risk school team down, yeah. down the road. Yeah. You have to yeah. just just part of the job. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the benefits are just, there are so many benefits. Yeah. in terms of um, the skills that the, that the students develop and the impact is just there in front of you. you. know, Every student can feel the impact of the tiniest contribution that they've made when they see residents laughing, they see them taking part in activities that they've created, um, the fact they have to adapt those activities on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, not just a weekly basis, because, you know, you might have got a resident in there with a completely different set of needs. Um, and they would, you would see them sort of nudging each other or saying to each other, oh, don't forget, how can we change this for, you know, for Mary to, to get more out of it? And it, it was such a, such a powerful learning experience to witness. Yeah. I guess uh, um, you don't have to go very far. There is so much isolation sometimes, even in, within families. So where we are, it's a you know uh, a, a fairly um, high area of like you know people will be there, and you might have three or four generations all there, and none of them are very active and everything else. So. For young people to be at school and be able to impact on their grandparents or great grandparents or great great grandparents yeah. as the, the world changes, and actually you can do you can do things. I mean, we, there's a few issues in, in school about who you can invite, but you can invite. So we've done quite a lot of activity in school and done it through. Um, so Bincan Valley is um, it's a kind of um, housing estate, but it's surrounded by beautiful countryside and everything else, the beach, you can see, you can see almost from the place. Um, so we're trying to do it through, and there's a, a decent sized outdoor space, so trying to do it through getting older people to understand the benefit of being in the outdoors, mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be doing whatever length of activity, it might be just by going on a walk with a young person, mm -hmm. understanding yeah. the value of walking and talking and mm -hmm. having fresh air and, you know, it might be through going to the, um, there's a forest school area set up, so it might be through that, just sitting down and watching the birds sing, mm -hmm. whatever, so you, so you can do things in a 
that kind of way because people lock themselves up, especially as they get older, they lock, they institutionalise themselves, don't they, yeah. by accident almost. Yeah. So it's helping them really see the world. What about you guys in terms of learnings and, and, and yourself, Ali, in terms of kind of overseeing all of the projects as well? Em- employability. Just that there's so many opportunities for our young people that um, one of the big learnings that's come out, I didn't mention in the presentation actually, it was in my notes that's kept come out of, we have a director of personal development and well-being school. We don't run a health and social care course, yet we run uh, travel tourism. Uh, travel and tourism, I, I can't name a single claim on people who's ever got a job in a travel agent, but I can absolutely see some of our students who are going to go into this setting and, and there's no glass ceilings or limitations that can be activities managers we've we've got you know young people who have got the scope to be able to do that and that's another learning for me really from so so we are going to put a health and social care course on to pathway through to actually be able to support the enrichment and that's wonderful isn't it that enrichment actually informs the curriculum because yeah. the drive is so much the other way at the moment <coughs> so that's really great yeah. and the, the other learning was that um she'll come to me if you ask somebody else <laughs> <laughs> i think for me though the uh, challenge is making sure you are in a setting that can support what you want to be able to do yeah. as well yeah. um we started off in a really positive way with our uh, care home just across the road at Water Hall. This is um, <laughs> The activity manager was really on board, Cassie. Yeah, we'd get there and the residents were all raring to go and away we go. And then when Cathy le- left, the first week we went in, there was one resident yeah. and we were going. Yeah. And we've got six yeah, young yeah, people yeah, that yeah. are raring to go. Yeah. I said, well, oh, we haven't got anybody to get them up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, um, can we help? Well, and, well not really, no. Um, we're here, we'd like to do some activity. Yeah. So in the end, we adapted it. And again, it's whether or not we should have done. We then went to the James, who hadn't been taken out, he was still in his bed. Two or three young people went and just sat and chatted to James. Um, that, unfortunately, you know, and we did it with a couple of other of the residents as well. Um, and we went another couple of times and it didn't improve. And you're thinking, it's not the experience that the young people want. We want to be able to make sure we finish in a really positive way. Luckily, we had the summer picnic and the residents. We, in fact, we had to go and get the residents. In fact, we went across the road. They weren't really ready for us. Um, so the young people and I pushed the residents across with one person from the care home. Again, if you look at safeguard and duty of care, but we wanted them to come to the pit, so we went and got them. So that finished that in a really positive light. Moving to Lakeview Care Home, where you've got a totally different setup, ensures that you've got people who their role is to ensure that there are positive activities so for the common, residents. There's a common sense yeah. dimension, yeah. isn't there? Learning, which we yeah. can share with everyone mm. through this podcast, is if you really want your project to, to be very successful very quickly, um, my experience is go to a, a residence care home where they pay quite a lot of money. And there are three or four staff employed, yeah. mm. which anchor a brilliant app. And actually, it's really refreshing. A bit like the school sports partnership days, as used to be, to be able to work, work with those people 
who actually, it's their job role. It's why youth zones are great to work with because they have an arts coordinator, an inclusion coordinator. And we don't always have, some of those roles have disappeared within the school system. And it's really nice to be able to go over and work with them. So if you wanted to, if you want the focus to be for your young people to be going somewhere for six weeks, and they've got really good staff, like, like any vision, you need the people, then it worked really great. Um, and there are activities, that was a big key learning for me to discover that there are activities coordinators yeah. in, mm. in the residence. Did yeah, you yeah. find that? You yeah. Did that, like, I, I but it's also how much they are willing yeah. to get involved. We had this conversation, didn't we, in terms of you've got an activity coordinator, but actually you go in and they tend to step back a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what it would have been great for them to d- done some activities that the young people could have seen that they were going to well, do well, as well. Nina, what I, somebody come up at the end of the presentation, I said, you know, this is a key thing I would do. When you do your YST bid or you get yeah. your training and things like that, get the activities coordinated. Yeah. Get your ducks yeah. in a line now yeah. and get your activities coordinated to, to attend the training. Yeah. And, and then that makes it more sustainable, doesn't yeah. it, going yeah. forward? You yeah. can kind of shift the responsibility yeah. onto them, because we want to make ourselves mm. redundant. In, I, I'm saying this in <laughs> to comma, commas, really, because we've all got new things that we yeah. will do yeah. and things that we all, obviously all want to keep working with this project mm. as well. It's a way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it would be good to think that some of the care workers that supported the residents would actually take it on. Yeah. But I'm not convinced even after two months mm. that they would. I guess they're missing the vital ingredient, aren't they? Yeah. Children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's what that's what mm. I've learned is is observing yeah. all of these yeah. sessions yeah. going on. It's yeah. the it, children are like the, the key to that lock. They are. Um, yeah. They bring older adults alive. They yes. do yes. things for the children yeah. that they wouldn't do for mm. any yeah. other adult. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's the secret of the success, really. But then they're inspiring, aren't they? If we mm. were, if we imagine we were all 85 mm. and we were all sat around this table together mm. doing our knitting or whatever, yeah. <laughs> John would be pinching me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't really inspire each other. No. Maybe that's unfair. I don't know, but not in the same way, but a bunch of vital Unless children. Unless you the opportunity. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I think yeah. the children yeah. are the vital yeah. ingredient. Yeah. 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 They say, don't they, that like when you smile at someone, you'll pass it on to someone. Mm. Yeah. I personally am a great believer yeah. in the same thing about energy. Mm. And there's a very, I mean, we all know in terms of children, there's a very youthful energy about mm, yeah. them, mm. um, and they don't know everything about mm. the world yet. So they they are they're alive to it, and it's mm. so contagious. Mm. Tiring as well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but sure. you sleep well. <laughs> that's 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 something that you see as well. Primary children is just that they, uh, I forgot to mention again in the presentation, the primary children that we wanted to work with, they are actually in a well-being group themselves. And it's something, because I didn't see any of the reasons why they're in the well-being group, but actually reflecting on it, I can I can see that some of the female students were a little bit more, you know, standoffish and reticent. I could see Tyler was probably... A young person with, with a bit of ADHD, a little bit of attention being an issue and focus, I can see this. All of those things disappeared because he's actually the one sitting with Pauline in, in the video, mm-hmm. listening to her sing the Christmas songs. And I'm not sure that would have been Tyler's choice before he came to, you know, <laughs> yeah, it'd be football, yeah. wouldn't it? Or it'd yeah, be, you know, yeah. what we do. 
And actually, I remember now that when they did their tri-golf training, it was, the hook was the tri-golf, really, not mm. the older people. Yeah. Then you put it all together, don't you? Yeah. They're the ingredients actually yeah. reflected on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, That's the young people. I think the young people surprised themselves how, how much they enjoyed the company of the older people. A lot of my, a lot of my yeah. conversations and evaluations was just walking back to school. And, and they genuinely enjoyed delivering the <coughs> sessions and enjoyed um, seeing the older people laughing and taking part in the games that they created. So there's a real sense of pride in you know what they what they thought they might be able to do. Actually, they could do. Yeah. yeah. And satisfaction from the residents yeah. that they'd they'd done it and had a lot of fun. There was a lot of laughter, a lot of laughter. And, and that had been scaffolded for them to get to that point without them really realising too much, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, you had your training. It, obviously, that's quite formal. They knew that, but that structure you couldn't you couldn't achieve that without the structure. Yeah. Yeah. Your final slide in that presentation, I wrote it down. And the um, quote up on there was, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. And that's a quote by George Bernard Shaw, which I thought was, especially from the things that you guys have said today, is so apt in mm. this in this context and in all contexts, really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether you're listening to this and you're 25, 35, 45, 55, that actually to keep playing and not have that gap is incredibly important yeah. and, and actually, as you guys have all said, to tell the generation before you what it was that you do to play or did to play mm -hmm. because it, it's incredibly important. I mean, I've, I, I personally coach um, a boys football team and I asked them the other day, what, what games do you play in the playground? And they would like tig, and I said, it was just tig and football, really. Yeah. And I said, well, what about all the others? Yeah. Well, we're not allowed to play bulldog anymore. And then uh -huh. one, another kick kicks us up. He goes, oh, we are. And it, and it, you know, a lot mm. of you have mentioned it as well around the health and safety aspects of, of common sense. Mm. That actually just sort of applying common sense is really important because play isn't always meant to be incredibly safe. That's how you learn and get yeah. stronger and bolder. Yeah, yeah but, but it's it's true, isn't it? It's maybe something we can reflect on because we've all mentioned the play conversations that were taking place during the project so maybe it's something going forward as we go back to those play activities and how you stimulate because i know you've been you've been looking at that anyway haven't you yeah um we maybe go back because i'm think my my lad is is 30 and if i said to him I, if he said to me what did you play i'd say well we played alio we played foxes and hounds we gradually made the borders of our town where we played yeah. and if i said to him what do you play other than his formal sport he'd say fortnite yeah, mm, quite right. I did quite And that's, that's different, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. I did loads of work around play when I was um, trying to raise money to build a um, playground. And the, the slide I used most was um, one from the 18th century and one from the noughties. And I used to ask people if they could spot the difference. And the, the kind of noughties there was a playground, modern playground, full of children playing. Um, and the 18th century one, it was a playground full of children and adults playing together. Yeah. And it was an amazing difference. And you yeah. could, there was not an adult mm. to be seen in the modern one and in the 
older photo, it was all children and adults playing. Mm. But we, we have a programme, don't we, which we probably all use called Active Play. But if you said to me as a young person, because I was a street kid, you know, I was just out on the street time, Active Play, and I, I, if I understood what an oxymoron was, then I don't know. <laughs> 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 mean, Active Play? Of course we're active, we're pretending to do Olympic races or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that boredom, wasn't it, mm. that created, created your play experiences, so... Yeah. It could be something we really reflect on doing activates because we're all thinking of the health benefits and the well-being benefits, which are clearly there. Yeah. Actually, all the projects have tapped into those shared experiences of play yeah. or, or none. And although, you know, as a result of all the work that you've done, we've got this set of resource cards now. So we've got the, the 10 Act Across Ages resource cards based on the games that you've done. Um, they're great, and I think they're a great starter thing, but I, I would hate for any schools doing this in the future to think that's all they could do. Yeah. Because the, the fun yeah. and all the benefit mm, yeah. comes from actually creating those yeah. games, yeah. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't it? And, yeah. and, and having yeah. to adapt based on you know the physical ability or disability of the older people in front of you, um, and also learning from them. Yeah. And it's the conversation yeah. and everything that happens around that. So, yeah. yeah. That I've got two feelings yeah. about those. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. that's what that's makes... That's the next yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what makes a brilliant inclusive leader. And I think we've trained or are training our next group of brilliant inclusive yeah. leaders because yeah. inclu- inclusion is about being able to adapt. Yeah. It's about being able to be flexible. Yeah. And it's being able to be sort of proactive and that's what all of our I have this dream of one setting of the world where you can do active age, unified sport, you can do all these things and all the young people have the skills and maybe a little play park you know mm. where older people could show and you just put the equipment out yeah. that's one way to do it isn't it put the hoops out like in the videos yeah. and they start well we used to do this yeah this is what we used to do yeah. it's almost like giving people permission isn't it huge yeah, yeah. yeah. Giving them permission to play, to play. Yeah. together, we, that's yeah. allowed. We feel yeah. we have to oh, ask for permission, yeah. to, which is, you know, fun. I think it's an inhibition no, sometimes mm, as well. Is, is, you almost need someone to say, you're okay, you can look silly, this is safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's quite, I think it's quite a, a yeah, it is. It's quite a courageous thing, I think, as an adult to be able to go and just do that and let yourself go. And that's what young people do. Mm. They're it courageous is. in that sense mm. and because they don't need the courage because there's not that expectation necessarily of them. But if you think about it, we kind of, we knock it out of kids because you know we say stranger danger don't talk to strangers don't do this don't go out and play don't leave the house without your phone Mm -hmm. make sure you're in contact all the time and it's just creating this sense of constant fear fear, um, and also a real fear about actually you know talking to a stranger is weird I mean that's really weird as far as a 14 year old is concerned (laughs) we would never do that Um, so yeah and and actually cutting through that to, to, to give them expi- the experience of talking to a stranger yeah. and actually feeling this is quite nice yeah. I quite enjoy this and I've got I feel good yeah. I'm smiling moment, really. yeah. 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 the irony where have we driven them we've all driven them online where they're all talking yeah. to strangers yeah. all the time and we know <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> nothing about That's it we, yeah. we've done yeah. that and then we've stopped them being physical so they can't yeah. run away so yeah. what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> I'm just conscious of time guys so in terms of next steps and and if people want to find out more where can they find you um in terms of actually cross ages um if anybody that's interested would like to go to the youth sport trust website where we've got uh, an active across ages page on that you'll find um, the impact report the video and you'll find an expression of interest form so do go and have a look at that and see what's on there um i'm sort of updating it on a fairly regular basis 
Um, and if you'd like to do an Active Across Ages project, then um, we don't have the money at the moment, but we're working on it. And if you'd like to put in an application jointly um, with us, then that's something that we can look to do together. Brilliant. And we'll put that in the screen notes as well, for, so you can just have a look at the screen notes from this podcast and get the link to that website. In a Upton Grange care home, drinking the tea and eating the biscuits, <laughs> which is one of the huge benefits of this project. <laughs> you get, you get, yes, we got we got biscuits, yeah. And and Luke noticed we had biscuits too as well. He was comparing with me how many chocolate digestives and penguins we got, we got, <laughs> in. We got cake, 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 cake as well. There's another bonus in here. Yeah. I think. <laughs> and what about the rest of you guys in terms of you know have you put have you put the outcomes of uh, your programs on websites or have you had it on Twitter or or in fact just just keep an eye on what you guys might be doing in the future. Check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've really across Twitter and it's been picked up. So at Claremont SSC, I think is the handle. Um, and the only other challenge I think around uh, any anybody who's doing the project is just to add in when you do your expression of interest, get your senior team on board yeah. and connect up. It's really key. Brilliant. But yeah, that's that's, that's at Claremont SSC. There's loads of stuff on Twitter. Brilliant. And your care home manager. And your care home Absolutely manager. Absolutely, get them on yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, really helps. Thank you so much for that. It was just nice at times to sit back and listen to you all talk and bounce off each other. And actually just seeing the way that you light up when you talk about it is, you know, it almost feels like it's a really infectious project that once yes. somebody hears the stories from it, and I'm a big believer in that, that actually stories tell a thousand words, don't they? Yeah. Um, as it were. That's what's been lovely for me managing this is, you know, every time I have a phone call with one of these guys, I'm kind of sat in my little office at home um, and that's it, that's made my day and that, and that carries on for the rest of the day because I'm hearing it second hand but I can kind of feel it um, yeah. radiating from what they're saying and sharing experiences, so it's been lovely. I still think, hands down, you've got the best job in YST. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, so I agree. jealous. <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you like, share and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Acast or wherever it is that you find your podcasts. Our episodes will be coming your way every fortnight and if you'd like to find out more about the Youth Sport Trust, please head over to our website which you can find at www.youthsporttrust.org. For now, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. We'd love for you to join our YST Podcast Club. By being a part of our club, you'll receive a monthly newsletter which offers advanced access to upcoming podcasts, recommendations on other podcasts you might like to try, and extra bonus recordings, and additional content that we're not sharing with anyone else. If you'd like to join, simply go to www.youthsporttrust.org forward slash YST hyphen podcasts and complete the short podcast club form. The link's also in the description of this podcast. Happy listening!